0: I'm David LeComp with David LeComp Farms in Santa Fe, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are lock-loaded and
1: ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. I'm Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: As we near the end of 2023, Texas Panhandle farmers are considering their planting decisions for 2024. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about the economic outlook for the region's major crops.
3: The outlook is good for snowfall that will be beneficial for Texas this winter,
1: as El Nino gains strength, leading to better soil moisture for crops and livestock in 2024. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on Texas Ag
4: today. As 2023 moves on, I take a moment to recap the challenges and look forward to opportunities. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler and I have the story in today's report.
1: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Producer profitability is a very important goal for the Livestock Marketing Association. Livestock auctions depend on a profitable cow-calf and stocker sector to keep their business going. Mike Van Monen is an auction barn owner and vice president of the Livestock Marketing Association. He says the organization has launched a producer profitability initiative.
3: It's an effort to uh, keep cow-calf guy in the background or grazing guy Viable in our industry and trying to make sure that they make a good living for what they're doing. You know, in our markets, uh, I am a market owner in Bowling Green, Missouri. As I visit with my peers across the country, we see that we have more herd dispersals than we normally do. Our clientele is getting older and there's not a lot of young people that are getting in the business. We are concerned, you know, that what our businesses will turn into if we can't keep the grassroots people in in business. So we're out there trying to create conversation and get ideas of what we can work on. for these uh, cow-calf producers and the backgrounders. We are not a producer organization that we can carry across the finish line, but we can hopefully get them involved in producer organizations at their county level or their state level. And uh, if they have questions, that we can send them in the right direction.
1: Van Monen says there are several issues the LMA is working on to help keep cow, calf, and stocker producers in business, especially in these drought years we faced here in Texas.
3: I'm facing a drought now in, in Missouri. You know, one of the things that we're willing to work on, tax issues, tweaks to existing government programs that make them more favorable for us to use. One of those that I like is the CRP program. There's thousands of acres of roughage being grown on CRP acres across the country. When you're in Texas, is in a drought or whether mine is. We need to work to get those acres released in a timely fashion so that there's some food value in that grass that, or the forage that we can harvest from them or that we can graze our cattle on those. You know, that would not be a real expensive deal for the federal government, but it would really help the ranchers in your area and the ranchers in my area to have access to some of that forage.
1: Van Monen says there are other parts of this initiative as well.
3: Yeah, some of the other parts is even like maybe tweaking the LRP program to make it maybe financially a little easier to use. It is subsidized now by the government, but even with the subsidies, it's an expensive form of almost like, you know, providing a floor to what your product is worth. So working with the government on that, working on tax issues, uh, you know, the death tax is going to a sunset here in the future some advanced depreciation tax laws are going to start to, to back up and and become less so things like that that are that we use in our daily business to help us create a bottom line
1: that's mike van monen he owns an auction barn in missouri and he is vice president of the livestock marketing association texas panhandle farmers are considering their planting options for 2024 James Hunt looks at the economic outlook for the region's major crops.
2: In recent weeks, we've heard discussion that when choosing between corn and cotton, some Texas panhandle farmers might simply go with which one offers the most profit potential in 2024, But based on the projections Texas A&M AgriLife has put together, risk management specialist D.D. Jones says there appears to be very little, if any, difference between the two crops.
5: If we assume $5.50 corn a bushel, then that would pencil out to a little over $300 an acre profit when we just look at return over our production expenses. Compare that to cotton. I'll put cotton in at 74 cents a lint pound. I think it will run somewhere between 70 and 75. That's a profit of $370 an acre. Both of those are really close. You know, we're looking at probably 325 to 350 on corn versus 350 to 375 on cotton. Even a few bushels or a few pounds or a little bit of difference in either one of those prices. To me, uh, those two profit margins are pretty well identical. So, the
2: choice between corn and cotton may not be an economic one, but there can be other considerations like water availability or a farmer's past history with either crop. Now as for the Texas Panhandle's two other major crops, D.D. Jones of AgriLife says the projections for 2024 show wheat with a return over production expenses of about $100 per acre and grain sorghum coming in at roughly $50 to $75 an acre. One thing to note, the figures quoted in this report are Texas Panhandle specific based on the outlook for local prices and the cost of inputs that typically go into producing crops in this region. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: We may see more snowfall in Texas this year. Tom Nicoletti tells us El Nino is gaining strength. My guest again today is BAM weather meteorologist Kirk Hins. Emphasizes the anticipated precipitation in the form of snow this winter in Texas as part of the El Nino weather pattern.
6: Yes, I would definitely say that's a higher than normal potential north of Amarillo, northern Texas. Also, I would say the Rocky Mountain snowpack, typically in El Nino's, especially the stronger ones, is quite a bit higher. So we know the net effect of that, which is just more water in general flowing south and and east of of the Rocky Mountains and, and just an improvement there. So I think it is two things. I think it is improving moisture for Texas as a whole and downstream from what goes on in the Rockies and the snowpack that will be built there over the next two to three months.
3: Yes, and certainly even across Texas because of the drought, rivers have been running low, lakes have been way below their levels. So looking forward. Over to uh, higher levels in both of those?
6: Yes, I do think we will see a higher level in both of those. And one thing we haven't talked about is temperatures. We've seen excessive temperatures the last two to three years, opposite of stronger El Nino's, cooler, normal. That also contributes to those water levels, the evaporation, especially when it's hot, not even including rain. So I think there it's above normal rainfall and cooler temperatures to help keep the rain and the water levels at the rising levels. I think crops, livestock, just the health of everything agriculture. El Nino is a friend of agriculture, and it really is. There are periods, and we saw this last year, where it can be too much rain. But I think when we span it across the whole year, it's a good thing. It's a good thing in general of just producing more rain than not more rain. So I, I think it's just going to improve most aspects of agriculture in 2024. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: This is a week to look back at 2023 and look forward to 2024. Barry Mahler has more from the Rolling Plains.
4: As we watch 2023 tick away, I have to think about something my grandmother told me a long time ago. You probably remember as a child watching the days drag by. It seemed like summer break from school would never come, and it took way too long for Christmas to come. So when I'd say something to the effect of I wish summer would hurry up, her advice was to don't wish your life away. She said it'll move on faster than you think. And I'm seeing that to be true now. That certainly was a true statement as 2023 has moved on way too fast. When we look back on it, the one thing that stands out is the long, hot summer. It took charge in late spring and stayed way too long. In fact, we're still under the influence with many ponds and lakes much lower than normal. And driving across part of the Rolling Plains just last week, I was amazed And how many ponds had been dredged out and were still dry or at least very low and we did get enough scattered rains in the spring to raise a good wheat crop and we got most of the corn milo and cotton up to a stand but that was about it many days of 100 degree plus temperatures and no rain took its toll on farming and ranching across the rolling plains and a lot of the rest of Texas also. A lot of ranchers were forced to trim herds and at least the market was better for that sell-off than it usually is when you're having to sell out. But replacing them as normal weather returns will be expensive and it's going to be a challenge. Looking ahead to 2024 brings some concerns into focus. With the general trend of commodity prices on a slide lower and input costs still holding at record levels, that's going to be a challenge for farmers moving forward. We have a farm bill on hold that needs to be finished. And I don't know if it's just me, But I don't really recall a time in my life when we've been less than 90 days from a presidential primary and really have no idea who will be on the ballot on either side. Now, the good news in all this is that we have a little rain here on the plains to shore up a winter wheat crop. And not really having had a hard freeze, it's left the grass a little greener than we'd normally see at this time of the year. In fact, we saw some Bermuda grass with green stems on it just last week. But for those of us that have our family and friends gathering for Christmas, we should count our blessings as not everyone gets to enjoy that. We can be assured of the fact that 2024 will bring challenges, but hey, it'll also bring opportunities and you can bet the American farmer and rancher will meet it head on and be ready to go. I'm Barry Mahler, wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Rolling Plains of Texas for Texas Ag Today.
5: The public can now weigh in on a proposal to change the spotted sea trout bag limit. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And most cattle will need extra nutrition for the upcoming winter. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Most cattle will need extra nutrition for the upcoming winter. Dr. Bob Judd
7: has the details. It is not surprising that cattle need supplements during the winter weather. The question is how much supplementation is required. There are many factors that impact the ability of cattle to tolerate cold and inclement weather, but hair coat and the amount of moisture present in the form of rain, sleet, or snow are the most important. And this plays into the amount of supplementation needed. Also, cattle under a body score of 5 on a scale of 1 to 9, with 1 being emaciated and 9 being obese, have less cold tolerance, so all cattle need extra feed in the winter. But the amount depends on their body condition going into the winter and the degree of rain and freezing temperatures. Dr. Zook recommends consulting the Misonet Cattle Comfort Advisor to determine the amount of supplementation needed, and Misonet is spelled M-E-S-O-N-E-T. According to the Mizanay Cattle Advisor, a cow's energy requirement increases 1% for each degree below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And if the animal is wet, the energy requirement would double from 1% to 2%. One method of measuring energy in a ration would be to look at the TDN or total digestible nutrients in a ration. The formula is relatively easy as you just take the number of degrees the temperature is below 32 degrees and feed a cow with a dry hair coat that percent of added energy and double the amount if the cattle are wet. For example, if the temperature is 20 degrees Fahrenheit, 32 minus 20 is 12. So that is 12% extra energy needed in a dry animal and 24% in a wet animal. So you can figure out how much energy needs to be supplemented depending on the environmental temperature. So consult the Mesonet Cattle Comfort Advisor. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio
1: Network. The public can now weigh in on a proposal to change the spotted sea trout bag limit. Jessica Dommel has more in today's Wildlife Report.
5: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now accepting public comment on a proposal to change spotted sea trout regulations off the Texas coast. The proposal, if approved by the Parks and Wildlife Commission, would reduce the spotted sea trout bag limit to three fish between 15 and 20 inches, with one fish over 25 inches allowed daily. TPWD researched and proposed the rule after public scoping and survey efforts. Through those surveys, TPWD staff say they learned that many anglers wanted to see more restricted measures to improve the fishery. Spotted sea trout were heavily impacted by Winter Storm Uri February of 2021. After the deaths of thousands of the sea trout, TPWD enacted emergency rules to allow more fish to remain in the water during the spawning period. Those emergency rules have since expired, returning the state to pre-2021 regulations. TPWD will host several public hearings on the proposal January 9th 10th, and 11th. The first hearing will be January 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. At the same time on the 9th, the hearing will be held at the Greater Chamber of Harlingen in Harlingen. January 9th, there will also be a meeting at the Saltwater Pavilion at Rockport Beach Park in Rockport. On January 10th, there will be a meeting from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Bob Bowers Civic Center in Port Arthur. January 11th. The meeting will be 6 to 8 p.m. at the Nestler Civic Center in Texas City. There will also be a Zoom webinar on the proposal from 6 to 8 p.m. on January 10th. The public can provide comments at one of the in-person hearings online or via phone or email. Details on how to submit those comments are available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
1: It's time to check the markets. We'll take a look back at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag today. Cattle futures traded both sides of unchanged on
1: Tuesday. On the close, we closed out higher on both live and feeder cattle. December live cattle up 52 cents, 170.57. The February up $1.87 dollar 87 at 170.40. April live cattle up a dollar 32. 173.45. January feeder cattle up 80 cents, 223.55. March feeders up 17 at 224.57, while April feeder cattle were up 55 cents at 230.07. Cash fed cattle, quiet for the week so far. We sold cattle last week here in the southern plains at 171. That's a buck higher than the previous week had a few outside sales at 172 but that 171 price sold most of our cattle over this past week. Boxed beef prices lower Tuesday choice down 48 cents, 292.45. Select down 45 at 26070. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Kelly
6: Thigpen, Pearsall Livestock, sells on Wednesday. His last sale before the holiday was just a day or two ago. Kelly, how did you and your grandpa, Cowboy Frank Helby, sell cattle this week?
8: had a good crowd, and I thought the sale was just really good. Uh, bulls sold extremely well, ended up with 45 out of bulls there, and I uh, thought we got along really good at the bull sale. And then on uh, Replacement Females, it looked like the pair's. Oh, we had some little old thin planer kind of pairs in the upper teens, up to thirty-five, fifty, I guess, on the best pairs uh, there on Saturday. Looked like the better end bred cows, kind of in the low twos, uh, low to mid twos. So, you know, just got along real good. Uh, all, all the way through uh, open heifers, I thought they sold well. So you know, just a, a good market all the way across the board. And then coming this week, this will be our last regular sale of the year. We won't open back up till January tenth. But looks like we're gonna have a pretty good run. I'm gonna say 700 or so. Got 500 on hand right now. Looks like over 100 cows and bulls, uh, rest beef calves and yearlings. But be a nice little run to end of the year.
6: Kelly, tell everybody how to contact you.
8: Call us at the office, 830-334-3653. Mobile number is 334-1047. Look us up
6: on the website, and that's pearsallivestock.com. Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you so much for listening to Walk in the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network each Monday through Friday. You're doing so right this second on Texas Ag Today.
1: Back over to the futures market now. Our lean hogs finish lower. February hogs down 205. 69.30. April hogs down a dollar 50 at 76.07. Class three milk closed higher. December milk up two cents. 16.11. A weight. With January milk up 14. A hundred. The cotton market closed higher in a light holiday type trade. A weaker U.S. dollar has been keeping a floor underneath prices over the last few sessions. March cotton up 29 points, closing at 80.05. May up 33 at 80.97. July cotton up 53 at 81.60 cents. Corn market seeing a nice rebound, mainly on news that we have those two rail lines between the U.S. and Mexico back open now, opening up the grain trade between the two countries March corn finishing seven and a quarter higher, four hundred eighty and a quarter, May corn up six and a half at four hundred ninety-two and a quarter. Wheat finishing strongly higher on both the hard and soft wheat, double digit gains with March Kansas City wheat up nineteen and three quarters, six forty-two and three quarters, March Chicago wheat up twenty cents, six thirty-six and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas was down a nickel, two hundred forty three. February, West Texas crude up $1.70, $75.26 a barrel. The financial markets were higher on Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 170 points, 37556 The NASDAQ up 93 at 15086 The S&P up 23 points, 4778 That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A.,
0: Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org